Hello, friends. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Before we get started with our show today, let me remind you about a couple partners of the podcast. First up, Prepped Ready Meals. Prepped and Ready, they offer healthy meals delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is pop them in the microwave. They're good to go. They deliver in all of metro Atlanta area. They just partnered with a fitness app called Fit Genie to make deliveries even easier. Go to PreppedReadyMeals.com. Use code BINGE10 at checkout for 10% off your order. That's B-I-N-G-E-1-0 for 10% off your order. Everybody loves healthy meals. Everybody loves meal planning. Well, now you can do it all in one. Go check these guys out. Support them again one more time at BINGE10 at checkout. PreppedReadyMeals.com. Our other friends are our friends over at Rebel Boudoir. Have you ever wanted that boudoir session and needed the little nudge to finally do it? Well, now you do. Our listeners will get an automatic discount of $100 off their session fee when they book a session with Jillian at Rebel Boudoir. These sessions make an awesome, unique gift for your wedding day, anniversary, birthday, or it's just an excuse to rock that bod you've got. Go check out Jillian's work for reference on her Instagram at Rebel Boudoir or her website, rebelboudoirstudio.com mention us in your inquiry to get that discount it's a great investment and an experience you definitely won't forget and now welcome to the What up, what up? It what up? is Monday, October 12th, 2020. How's it going, everybody? It's Binge Boys 142. Mitch and Matt, how are you, gentlemen? Wonderful. Doing well, doing well. We love to hear that. We love to hear that. Guys, before we jump in, of course, programming notes off the top. Uh, follow binging uh, the binge boys on uh, Instagram at uh, binge boys podcast. That's where you get all of the reviews, the updates, the episode announcements, all of that good stuff all on that place. Make sure you've rated and reviewed on Apple podcasts. And if you listen on Spotify, go ahead and give us a follow on Spotify as well. It doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah, I've, we've got a few things. Coming up the pipeline, number one, the Watchdog Media website is here. It uh, has been, uh, it's watchdogmedia.net. I'm currently fighting for the .com. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, but .net is the, is the place. That is where you can see all of the shows. Uh, you can click cool forms to contact us. If you've got a... If you got a segment recommendation or a, t- a question you want to ask us, you can go to the show's page, go to the Binge Boys podcast, and there's a little form where you can type your name, your email, and a message that you want. If you have a, any recommendations, feedback, whatever, send it to that, and uh, we'll be happy to, to look at it. It'd be fun to do listener questions ever, every once in a while. That'd be fun. Uh, so yeah, check that out. It's It's great for all of the different shows that we've got to offer and speaking of that binging batch how many of you guys remember binging batch from last year uh it was a thing that i started with one of my co-workers kaylee and uh i got hooked on the bachelor sue me um 
and uh, Bachelor starts tomorrow night, and binging Batch also then meaning uh, it starts tomorrow night as well. We've got uh, myself and my friend Laura, as well as other rotating hosts and guests that like to talk about The Bachelor. So tune in for that if you enjoyed those Bachelor episodes back when we did those. Now they're on their own separate feed. Go subscribe to that. Go uh, rate and review. You know, just the usual that we all have got going on on the other shows. And then finally, uh, I've got Twitch coming up the pipeline. Got to figure out how to use it. But uh, but I think I'm going to get uh, some some tutorials from a, an old friend. So we'll... Uh, We'll see how that goes. But in the meantime, you can follow the Twitch page. It's been made. It's the same as the Instagram, same as the Twitter, watchdog underscore underscore media. Who knows? I might be on there. Mitch might be on there. A guest might be on there. Who knows? Anybody can run it. It, it doesn't matter. It's for the for if you want to game with us, game with us. <laughs> uh, that's not the official slogan. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Guys, we'll jump right into it. We got a lot to discuss today. I feel like we'll get on a few discussions. I've started off with the unfortunate news that we got last Wednesday that uh, Eddie Van Halen, rock and roll legend, passed away at the age of 65 after a battle with cancer. Um, his son announced the uh, the death of the lead guitarist. Uh, on social media by saying he's the best father I could have asked for. Every moment I've shared with him on and off stage was a gift. Uh, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen was the lead guitarist of the rock and roll group Van Halen, right? That, that's what they're yeah. called. They were, they were just called Van Halen, right? Yeah. Yep. Just that. Uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, is responsible for some of the most iconic rock and roll songs of all time, including... Uh, Jump, Panama, Hot Fur, Teacher, Why Can't This Be Love, Running With The Devil, so many more, countless albums uh, and countless tracks. Uh, we're, we're, losing, we're, we're losing these uh, these legends. Van Halen was, uh, according to Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Guitarists of All Time, Van Halen, Van Halen uh, scored a number eight seat. So uh, that just shows you uh, what kind of a person or how talented he was at his craft. Uh, yeah, rest in peace to Eddie Van Halen. Pouring one out. Pouring one out for the Van Halen. Yeah, big, big loss to the music industry uh, there. It was cool to see the support uh, to the family, uh, the Van Halen fam and band uh, on social media by other rock and roll legends. You, you love to see. You love to see it. Yep. Uh, but moving on, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is set to join Spider-Man 3's cast as, of course, Doctor Strange. So this might spark a discussion uh, just because of all of the Spider-Man 3 news we've been getting lately, like Electro being uh, played, of course, by Jamie Foxx again. Uh, a lot of people are starting to draw some kind of speculation that what if Doctor Strange is the key to the multiverse and Doctor Strange opens up portals and we get to see our boys Toby and Andrew back in the suits. That's been a rumor. Uh, 
We'll see. So it says here uh, in an article from The Hollywood Reporter, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is putting on the cloak of levitation, reprising his role uh, in the latest Spider-Man installment by Sony and Marvel. Uh, This movie puts Cumberbatch in the mentor role that was previously occupied by Iron Man. R.I.P. Pour one out for him. uh, And Samuel L. Jackson in Far From Home. Uh, this role gives Holland a chance to play opposite seasoned actors, gives Peter Parker a father figure, and it gives the movie extra star power, of course. Um, the Spider-Man project is under a lot of speculation at the moment because of Jamie, Fa- Jamie, Jamie Foxx's Electro. Uh, so, guys, Spider-Man 3 is due to begin shooting later this month in Atlanta. Uh, And uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is also due to begin shooting this month in London. Uh, It is unclear uh, if it's a coincidence that these are shooting at the same time. Less so if they're an ocean apart. But yeah, hmm, something's going on, though. You got to think that something's going on here. The Jamie Foxx thing, yeah, maybe Marvel just liked Jamie Foxx's Electro yeah. in The Amazing Spider-Man, but then with Doctor Strange becoming involved, it's like, okay, they're they're going to do something here, right? Yeah. What do you think, Mitch? Yeah, uh, I think it'll be interesting. Um, uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, the last... This will be the second Doctor Strange movie, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, I I feel like I heard that uh, that it was going to be about like more of the multiverse um, in the second movie, and uh, I, I feel like everything's up in the air. They could do whatever they want. I mean, Jamie Fox could come back as a completely different Electro, or they could come back as uh, maybe a multiverse villain who knows yeah I you gotta think something's going on at least you want to hope Matt what do you think the chances are of us seeing Tom Toby and Andrew standing side by side together in a Marvel Spider-Man movie I think the odds of that directly are a bit low obviously not impossible I feel like that that's something they'll do but I think they'll le- instead of leaning into that. I think they'll probably lean more into uh, the Enter the Spider Verse angle of it, um, and maybe bring some of those ver- characters to uh, to the bit to the big screen in live action versus um, referencing the other like live actions. Just it seems like um, the current MCU is trying to, you know project tom holland as the real spider-man and they're not sort of taking the uh the deadpool angle of pointing fun at at his former self hmm. good point good point well i guess we'll we'll have to see like mitch said everything is up in the air uh anything can happen at this point especially with dr strange now involved literally anything can be involved or anything can happen at this point i mean they could have gotten anybody to be spider-man's mentor they could have they could have thrown in hulk they could have thrown in thor but they got dr strange yeah so uh 
I like to think that that means that they're going to do something with the multiverse. And again, with Dr. Strange's sequel being called the multiverse or the madness of whatever, uh, you got to think uh, maybe the two will kind of cross paths. For no, sure. We'll see. We'll probably get some more info about the multiverse uh, with WandaVision because I'm I've pretty sure been told that WandaVision is supposed to tie directly into the multiverse. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll keep it on the Disney train, though. Uh, Soul is a Pixar film that was due out, I think, this month or next month in theaters. However, Disney announced that they're just skipping the theaters and instead will just premiere on Disney Plus on Christmas. Uh, It's sending one of fall's biggest movies straight to streaming. Um, following the exit of the James Bond film and Wonder Woman and all of these other movies, Disney just said, screw it. We're going to throw our new movie straight to Disney+. Plus." Now, Soul, unlike Mulan, will be available for Disney Plus to subscribers at no additional cost. Uh, Disney last month steered Mulan to its streaming service of 60 million plus subscribers, but charged $30 production uh, cost for soul has estimated to be 150 million as opposed to the upwards of 200 million from Mulan. Uh, So do you think this is, do you think Disney's just going to be like, screw the theaters you know depending on how well mulan did i mean we still don't have the official numbers and thus far we know how much it made opening weekend but they haven't like continuously like released their numbers um and then with the success of soul what are the chances mitch do you think that we see like more and more disney movies like even even black widow what are the chances that they just throw that shit up on the streaming service i i think I think there's a good chance that that could be where we're headed. Um, I know more and more theaters are closing down and um, the direct to putting your movie directly on a streaming platform uh, might be the way to go. Um, I hope that's not the case though. Uh, I hope that theaters are able to make a comeback and uh, we'll get those big blockbuster movies in theaters as opposed to on demand or whatever. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell like where, where the state of, you know, the entertainment industry, which is constantly changing anyway, where it's all going to go. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Matt. Do you, share mitch's sentiment like at this point anything could happen like tomorrow we could get an announcement that disney says yeah we're we're screwed we're just going to do all streaming service um do you think it would be a dumb move for them to be like for our big name movies we're going to charge the 30 dollars but for like the lesser not not to say soul isn't a big movie but like for black Mm. widow or like the Eternals. Do you think they charge the $30 like they did Mulan for those bigger budgeted movies? 
So I think that that's kind of an it, that's where I was gonna go with it. So I think the choice with putting Soul for free on Christmas Day, like it's a really good look. It's you know it's a family movie. Kids are gonna love it. But also, Pixar movies just move hella merchandise. You know shirts and other stuff, just like Marvel does. So I see these kind of marquee you know, big tent pole um, properties. I think if the soul release goes well, they get, you know, positive praise from, from families and stuff. I think they'll mirror um, that with the Marvel movies. And maybe if, since there is also that merchandise pipeline with all the Marvel stuff, like everyone's wearing that. So I think um, they tried something with Mulan and I going to guess it didn't quite work out how they wanted which is why i feel like they're they're trying something else and giving it a little bit more time but i don't think um i don't think this is a perfect one-to-one comparison i think the soul the pixar movie to a marvel movie is a closer comparison to sort of see what they may or may not do differently and what they learn what about you logan do you have any thoughts on what they're gonna do or this soul does that influence it moving forward i think i agree with both of you um a i don't want to have to see the next star wars movie on my living room tv i i just don't think that that you know a movie of that spectacle like i don't want to see you know avengers secret wars or whatever the next avengers movie i don't want to see that on my living room t- i want to see that with the loudest speakers the biggest screen I want my chair to vibrate. I, I want to have a good damn time at the movies, you know, on premiere night. Uh, but if if I have to suffice and watch the next Jurassic World movie for the first time in my living room, I, I, I guess that's what I'll have to do. I mean, this is the first time in history since the invention of the movie theater that, like, society has been like, well, shit, do we do away with the movie theater? Or... Or do we just do like the drive? I've seen like that a lot of artists, musicians have been doing the whole like drive up in your car and, you know, sit in the trunk of your car, kind of like a drive in movie situation, but for a concert. So Mm -hmm. I can see that happening. I don't know, man. I, I pray that a vaccine comes out in the next six months or so. And just like the flu, we monitor it. We get a vaccine. Maybe we get a a COVID shot every year, just like we get a flu shot and hopefully just things go back to normal. But I have a horrible feeling that, uh, things aren't going to go back to normal, especially companies like this that are having to lay off a bunch of people because they're not seeing returns. The theme parks aren't making any money. It's a lot of companies are suffering. I didn't think Disney and a couple of these big giants were going to suffer as much as they are. It really kind of goes to show you how much it really is affecting everyday people when even the behemoths are having to lay off thousands of of workers and stuff it sucks but yep. that <laughs> i removed the headline of uh dc movies getting pushed back uh again from the rundown today uh for the so for the sole reason that uh it's depressing talking about it and look what soul turned into <laughs> <laughs> it's depressing talking about this man i yeah I love the movie theater. I I worked at a damn movie theater. Mitch knows. 
yeah, that, that's that's where our friend group spent most of our time. Yeah, it, this is tough. It's tough talking about this stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, it. There are bigger problems in the world than movie theaters closing. However, yeah. it's. It's just one of those things. Like it's as if somebody looked at you and said, "Hey, you can't drive your car anymore tomorrow. Figure it out." Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, uh, that sucks. But okay, I guess I'll figure it out. I guess I'll leave for work three days before. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, we'll move on, guys. To uh, no pun intended here, the Green Lantern series gets greenlit on uh, at HBO Max. Um, HBO and DC are really getting confident here. Um, I kind of am seeing some parallels with Man of Steel doing really well, and then DC greenlighting Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Uh, I think they're getting really confident here of, of their shit. Um, HBO Max has announced that Green Lantern will be a thing. Uh, it will be 10 one hour episodes. The series will be. Uh, da, 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 produced by Warner Brothers Television. Um, the show will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Batts, and Alan Scott. Uh, Earth's first Green Lantern, who, true to comics, is a gay man, and many more. The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and will introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, this is the latest DC show to be set up on HBO Max. Previously, we get a John Cena uh, spinoff show of this of the Suicide Squad. And then also it was announced that there will be a show that accompanies the Batman uh, about the Gotham PD. Guys, is DC jumping the gun here? Or since, if you share the same opinion of me, that ever since Wonder Woman, really, Aquaman I thought was solid. I really liked Shazam. Uh, I liked Birds of Prey. I thought that was a solid, fun movie. Um, do you think they're in the right for green lighting a bunch of stuff, or do you think that they still need to hold their horses? What do you think, Mitch? Uh, as a fan, from a fan perspective, I think that it's uh, definitely. I'm excited to see what they can do with all these shows. Um, I. I'd like to think that they know what they're doing this time around. Like they've, they've had their trial run of, um, you know, the justice league, not doing too hot. And, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like going the show Avenue, it, I always felt was a better option for DC comics. Anyway, uh, the shows on the CW and even the Gotham show that was on, I think it was on Fox or something or NBC, whatever channel it was on. Like those shows weren't that bad uh, because like the stuff that you have to like talk about in, in DC comics are like, there's so many characters and villains and superheroes and stuff that you have to like, take it kind of like a week by week, like episode by episode uh, basis. So I feel like with a show like this green lantern show, uh, they could, it could turn out to be kind of like uh, like how Watch Watchmen turned out, um, and that was a really good stellar show. So um, I I don't know. I think 
I'm more excited for the shows than I am the movies that are going to be coming out other than like the Snyder cut of justice league. I, I think that'll be pretty good, but um, I don't know. It, it'll be cool. What you think, Matt? Do you share similar sentiments? I do. Yeah. I think that this is definitely something that um, DC is better suited for, for shows. I'm just really interested in what kind of structure it's going to take place. Cause looking at the press release, it's saying it's going to take place like over decades and in, in galaxies. So it could be, and I think that's another thing that um, especially the green lantern, it's sort of like star Trek, how you can go all around the galaxy and sort of go to an alien world and just make it, that's sort of the episode of the week. You never know which, uh, which green lantern you're going to get. You named off like four or five there um, that they could all use and all have just kind of waiting in the wings. Um, so yeah, and it looks like some people from the uh, CW Arrowverse shows are involved. So hopefully they're they're sort of doing what that shows do well and capitalizing on sort of my biggest critique of them, their uh, lack of budget, their apparent lack of budget for some of the special effects. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what do you think, Logan? Do you think you'll tune in? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I'll tune in. Uh, I don't know much about the Green Lantern universe, so that's something I'm definitely intrigued in. Um, I think Mitch, you both nailed it. Um, I used to always think of Marvel as the movie company and DC as the TV company, just because they had Arrow and the Flash, and they've had really big success with like Legends of Tomorrow, all of that DC TV stuff. Um, and I think, uh, and we still, unless I'm forgetting something, we still haven't seen Marvel a show, except for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that was on cable. But I think that's it. Really, unless you count the little spin-off Hulu shows that were just eh, but um, some of those were good, actually. But but we have we still haven't seen a Marvel show. So for all we know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes out and it's ass. Like, you never, we never know. I, I don't think it will be, but... Um, DC usually has a better track record, I think, with their TV shows. So um, it just seems like an interesting choice for them to do the the Gotham PD thing, even though that was just done. It'd be different if we did this 20 years later, but like the, the show ended like a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. Maybe, unless time has just flown since the show has ended. But, um, but yeah, I'm tuning in. I'm, I'm watching these shows. I'm going to give them all a fair shot. Uh, I like that DC during the DC fandom basically said like, hey, we're aware that we have like 50 different iterations of every character and that's because none of our shit necessarily has to connect. We're going to have a Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. We're going to have Jared Leto in the Suicide Squad movie. We have Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight trailer. Like none of them are connected. Like they just are all Marvel spoiled you guys by thinking every single movie has to be connected. They yeah. didn't have to be. But. It's always the DC thing. They always uh, make it everything way too complicated, have too many versions of the characters, and they have some big event where they collide them and then reboot everyone. And, well, if you're going to reboot, you know, characters one, two, and three, you got to do 700, 701, 702. Yeah, so right. <laughs> it's just it's a perpetual cycle. Um. Well, cool. Then we'll move on real quick. Last little headline. No, won't spend too much time on this, but it's a big event. So might as well just recognize it that the uh, Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA the NBA Finals last night, defeating the Miami Heat. 
taking the series four to two, and it secured LeBron James' fourth championship. Uh, the win brings an end to a season that was left in doubt after the COVID-19 pandemic. But the show went on with the bubble at Disney's ESPN Worldwide uh, of Sports Complex. Uh, I, I'm not a huge sports guy, so I'll, I'll let you discuss this if you guys have an opinion. But, you know, NFL is having games postponed and moved. And do you think that the NBA kind of set the, the standard with the bubble? Everyone thought they were crazy at first, but it looks like the bubble – uh, it worked out. Yeah. So, um, and also, big congrats to the Lakers if they're listening. They're not, but um, <laughs> they just won a title. They're they're definitely just doing beer bongs and and keg stands right now. Well, but Br- Bronny listens. LeBron's yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to think LeBron's listening. But yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, should the rest of the sports industry kind of had taken a, a, a piece out of this playbook? No pun intended. Um, I definitely, well, my thoughts on this are the NHL and NBA were working the playoffs in a bubble and both of them, the NHL had no COVID cases. Um, and I'm pretty sure NBA had zero as well. They may have had like one or two, but, uh, nothing major like the NFL has been, uh, like running into now, um, I believe baseball, now that they're in the playoffs, I think they're in a bubble as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with, like, it's it's hard for the NFL because there's so many players and staff, and uh, it'd be hard to try and do a bubble with the remainder of the games of the season. So I think what their plan is, is maybe by playoff time, they might do a bubble situation, kind of like the other sports. But uh, right now, from what I've been following, is uh, they're just going to be postponing games and moving games around, Uh, maybe playing on like tomorrow's game is being, uh, well, by the time that you're listening to this, the game will be that night. So Tuesday night, uh, Buffalo and Tennessee game. Um, but I think also games could be postponed to Saturdays and they may even put in an extra week at the end of the season, um, for filler games that have been missed. So, uh, I, I think the bubble works out. It works, uh, for the other sports. So I don't see why the NFL couldn't do that when the playoffs, uh, come around. So it'll be interesting to to see what happens there yeah my only addition is also shouts to the seattle storm for taking home that wnba championship as well very good major shouts um all right well then we'll move on to our uh our major topics of the night uh first of which being uh let's let's talk about american murder first let's let's build that hype american murder uh, the family next door, Mitch. I know you were able to watch this one. I believe, Matt, were you able to catch it? No, I wasn't. So I'm very interested in uh, being convinced to or to not watch it. Okay. Well, we won't fully spoil it because, um, well, I mean, it is a true story, or you know, based on the true. St- I mean, it's a freaking documentary. Uh, however, uh, there is a. If you don't know the full story, like I didn't, I don't know if you did, Mitch. I didn't realize I- that this. 
this was just like two or two years ago or so that this happened. Um, but essentially, Matt and other people, uh, it, this is a documentary about a man who um, is accused of murdering his wife and two young daughters. I think they're six and four or something or four and two, something like that. Really young girls. Um, it's on Netflix uh, and it's it's good. That's all you can say without spoiling it. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I love documentaries. I've said that all of the time. Uh, but this one um, really, because at the beginning you you want to think that the husband didn't do it, and well, I guess I'll let you see for yourself. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Mitch, you have any thoughts on it without spoiling it? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, without spoiling it, um, I had no clue. I think I may have heard this like on the news or something a while back, like when it happened, but I didn't really know anything about it uh, going into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good documentary that uh, they have so much useful footage from, from police body cameras to, the wife's uh, social media account, text messages show up on the screen. Like there's so, I feel like this documentary did very good doc. Like, uh, like the footage was on par with everything other, with every other documentary that we've watched. Like they, Netflix just knows how to make a documentary. Um, and like it, the story is really sad. So if you're ready for like a really gut wrenching, like, uh, like gut punch there. It, it kind of, like Logan said, you want to, you want to think that he doesn't do it, but I mean, you'll just have to figure that out if he didn't do it or if he did do it. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I'll one up or not one up Mitch, but I'll back him up on the fact that the footage used here and just the overwhelming amount of like, information that they have yeah information that they took advantage of like mitch said the text messages or the body cams it's it almost feels fake because yeah it's almost like where do they dig up this footage from do you think like netflix like pays attention there's got to be a team that just pays attention to the news and is like that would be good to make a documentary about (laughs) you and you fly to whatever city see if you can get in touch with the police department tell them we want to make a documentary tell them we need the body cams like true surely the police department doesn't like just archive all body cam footage you you got to think they throw it away at some point i don't know i mean maybe yeah I mean, maybe for specific cases, they don't like, I'm sure it probably gets archived somewhere, but they also had like, this was like televised on their local news, like from tons of different, uh, like different broadcasters that, uh, that were like following this story. And, uh, I don't know, some like looking back at it, like if I were to rewatch this documentary, some of the footage is like very eerie, which I've seen like people posting about it on Facebook and Twitter um, about like watching this, like show that it's just like, it's hard to, it's hard to really fathom everything that 
goes on with this crazy story. So I I thought that it was really good. Yeah, I agree. I think we both gave it four as out of five. So, Matt, I'm, I'm curious if you watch it, text us or something and 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 give us your thoughts, because uh, it's it's a wild ride. It's a it's a very I think it's like an hour and 20 minutes, but it like zooms by. Cool. Because at least for me, I'm sure you can relate, Mitch. I was just sucked in like mm-hmm. like I was just like eyes glued to the TV. Like, no way. Like, this is all happening. Like, it's it's crazy. Um. It it, it kind of just shows you that there there truly are some psychopaths out there, um, everyday people. I mean, the title says it all. Family next door, it you know your next door neighbor could be a psychopath, and we have no idea. And not to freak you out, but um, <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and move on to the uh, the main event of the week. Uh, besides our top ten, of course we we of course y'all y- y'all know we bring you a top ten. Um, Hubie Halloween. Uh, a little information about the movie before uh, before uh, we get into it. It was directed by Stephen Brill, produced by Sandler, of course. Happy Madison was involved here. It, it stars, you ready for it? Uh, Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Ray Liotta, Rob Schneider, Kenan Thompson, Shaquille O'Neal, Steve Buscemi, Maya Rudolph, and... Every other one of Adam Sandler's friends that was in either Grown Ups or Happy Gilmore. Speaking of Happy Gilmore, uh, opening scene of the movie. Uh, Al the Orderly. What the fuck is this man <laughs> doing in this movie? Like, let's just cut to the chase. None of us enjoyed this movie. <laughs> it, no. Uh, I honest, I don't want to really tear it apart because I laughed at a lot of moments because it's just stupid comedy it's it's not smart it, it's literally just like oh look adam sandler's gonna run in the street oh shit a car hits him and he flies <laughs> or he's riding his bike and a kid throws an egg at him and he just somehow has like the like the reflexes to dodge shit like it's just stupid but it's it was hilarious but at the same time like within the first five minutes i turned to Catherine and i said Oh God! Like not going to go well. Yeah, and, uh, and it didn't. What do you? What do you guys? Let Let me hear your thoughts, Matt. What What do you think of this thing? So I feel like I gave this movie like the best shot possible. So it was a group of us. We had been, you know, having fun. We had some some brisket in us that had been smoking all day. Had some some beers and seltzers. Like going, we were like, let's watch a fun movie. Sounds like a lituation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, this movie is like perfect for that. So then we get it on. And like you were saying, within like five minutes, it dawned on me the, that I really wasn't going to like this movie because the whole joke just seemed to be at, at Adam Sandler's expense. And it, it seems like Adam Sandler, the actor, was in on the joke. But Adam Sandler's character, Hubie, was not. <laughs> and that just felt super mean spirited, and like, just the whole time. Just anytime it had the choice, to like, go for like set up like a well written joke, or just go for a cheap laugh. It chooses the cheap laugh eleven times out of ten. Which I'm not saying a movie has to be high art, but I am saying maybe don't just make fun of your main character the whole time. <laughs> I. 
before I get Match's t- or Mitch's take, I do have to say, Mitch sent me a pretty a pretty <laughs> funny Snapchat uh, of him doing an impression of Hubie's voice, and that's when I when I knew that the movie was going to be irritating. Because, you know, he does, Sandler does that Sandler voice in almost every one of his movies, but he does it in moments. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this movie, he just, that's his default voice. Like the, he, <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> we wanted to admit to do it. To do it well. Well. Yeah. But, I really, um, I, I told myself I wasn't going to do it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mitch, give us some Hubie. Shim Hubie, Shim, Shim Hubie, yeah. <laughs> Hubie Halloween, very crappy movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. Like that's, that's all you that's get. Hubie. Like, first of all, okay, let's let's break this down real quick. <laughs> let's talk about the supporting cast. I thought I froze up there for a minute. Uh, it's a very forgettable movie there, and uh, <laughs> like the supporting cast was was good, but like. The jokes were were shit. Like, I I talked to my brother and sister about this movie because they thought that it was hilarious, and I was like, the jokes were just like poop and pee jokes, the whole movie. Like, there's literally several scenes that I can name that were literally poop and pee jokes, and I'm like, what the what the fuck am I watching right now? Like, obviously the demographic for this movie is like a younger audience. Uh, Cause they have like a younger supporting cast too. Um, it's not like, um, like grownups grownups was like, I could see like adults watching that and laughing at uh, some of those scenes. Uh, in like the comedy surrounding those movies, but this movie, there was like, you don't really, you're just going in like ex- almost expected to know who this Hubie character is, but you really have n- no clue who he is. Like, you're just kind of like trying to unfold like who he is as the story goes on and, they do like Matt said, like they do just make fun of him at his own expense. So it's kind of like it was not good. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know what else to say about this movie, except that it was pretty much uh, shitty, very shitty. Yeah. I, I I think Logan. There, there's, back to you. There's no. I I feel like I'm delayed here again. I'm I'm texting you, Mitch. There there's a delay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I I can. Uh. I'm gonna cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mitch, go ahead and 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 leave and join. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So. Um. Uh, yeah this movie was just stupid it 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 didn't have any real structure too like i just noticed like from scene to scene i didn't get like why we went from one scene to the other it felt like just it literally felt like netflix 
said to Sandler, like, hey, how about you just make a really fun Halloween movie and it doesn't have to be good, like, at all? Like, I'm wondering, like, the writer's room... Well, obviously, the writer's room is just filled with, like, Sandler's friends. So, like, and so Kevin James was probably like, oh, we can make a dick joke there. And Sandler was like, hey, 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 hey. And, like, that, that was the whole writing process. And, like, June Squibb plays, like, Sandler's, like, murderous mother. It makes no sense. So she actually had the only jokes in the movie that I thought kind of worked when uh she had all those shirts that she got like for free or whatever like see this this old lady walking around in a shirt that says boner donor that was pretty funny yeah see it it's there's just a handful of jokes where i laughed out loud like i think the first big gag was like when hubie gets hit by a car yeah and i was like okay so it's gonna be this kind of movie where where adam sandler's character is gonna make that face the whole movie <laughs> and get hit by a car like that's yep. what this movie is so um yeah i don't have much to add here <laughs> this i wouldn't recommend this movie if you want a movie i'll tell you that it well matt's had a little bit of a lituation i'm saying if you come home from the bars at 2 a.m and you and your friends are and you're piss-ass drunk and you you and your friends are looking for something to just unwind and probably pass out to throw on Hubie Halloween. It's yep. stupid. There's some, there's some jokes in there that will probably get you to chuckle. Um, especially if you have a weak, l- immature mind like I do. Uh, but yeah, you're this, this isn't a movie we're going to be talking about unless we're going to list off Sandler's worst movies of all time. Cause this is on that list for me. I, I'm oh, yeah. sure you guys can agree, but this is, probably one of the worst movies i've seen in a long time (laughs) well uh let's run through our frowny face mitch um let's run through our uh top 10 sitcoms um we will try not to drag it out just because of uh of length this i've learned that the sick the top 10 lists have taken big chunks so i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go 10 9 8 and then matt you go 10 9 8 Mitch goes ten nine eight, and sure. then discussion if needed. Um, but then just yeah, read off your list. Um, I'll go for I'll go first. Of course, I'll start it off number ten. Had to throw this in there because I watched it so much as a kid uh, when I couldn't sleep. Also at two a.m. Uh, and that was George Lopez. <laughs> um, I, I I with the low rider theme song in the background, man. I, I really mess heavy with with george lopez um really dug that my number nine how i met your mother one of the first shows i binged on netflix all the way through um kind of a slow burn i think it it kind of repeats itself a few times but uh but it's a very solid comedy neil patrick harris's character obviously is the standout for me um and then number eight another show i binged on netflix really early was rules of engagement Kind of a show that didn't get a lot of attention. It starred David Spade, uh, Patrick Warburton, uh, and a few others that uh, didn't get that much of attention. But um, I used to watch it with my parents a lot. And when I saw it on Netflix, I binged it all the way through. Matt, give me your your 10, 9, 8. Cool. For uh, number 10, it's the only active one still on my list. And that's uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
uh, putting it, you know, it's got the talent to definitely, you know, crack the top 10 or top five, maybe even top three, but landings are always kind of tricky, especially for sitcom. So just, just waiting for it to nail it. So it can, uh, move higher. Um, number nine, bit of a, a throwback nostalgic pick here. Couldn't leave out Drake and Josh. Um, I know we were just talking about maybe, uh, the writing may not be super advanced on this show either, but at least they're they're nice to each other. And I'm, I don't know. I just think that both Drake and Josh are a couple of really good comedic actors, and this is kind of them at what I see as their peak. Maybe they're funnier now. Um, and then my number eight is How I Met Your Mother, a really early binge in my uh, binging career as well. I think, yeah, there were some. It kind of, the, the ending sort of fell apart a little bit. Um and then the finale episode, I'm not even going to acknowledge. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of really, really good episodes in there and just sort of planted in my brain. So, yeah. Mitch, what are your 10, 9, and 8 slots for the sitcoms? Uh, at number 10, I have uh, That 70s Show, uh, which I feel like I... Oh, God. <laughs> he disappeared out of Mitch, nowhere. Mitch just dropped. Oh boy, this is what you get, folks, when uh, you, when your two co-hosts live uh, away. You, we have to deal with internet issues, and that's okay because all of this is going to be cut out, <laughs> and nobody will hear this. No, nope. um, unless they do, and I don't take it out. Maybe I'll leave it in for the content. There nobody's doing. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> um. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go ahead and go while Mitch figures it out. Um, I'll go seven, six, five. Number seven is a show I binged recently and really enjoyed. Um, and that's whoops. Hello, Mitch. You're back. Uh, we'll bad. run through Mitch's. Uh, I already started my seven, six, five. We'll, we'll run through your list here at the end uh, after, or I'll let you catch up to me and Matt after we give our seven, six, five. You can just give your 10 through five. Um, All right, cool. Yeah, my number seven is Veep. Really enjoyed that. Binged it on HBO. Uh, really fun comedy. Julie Louis Dreyfus. Uh, great supporting cast. Really funny pol- political humor. Uh, I dug it. Number six show I binged before I watched Veep. Silicon Valley. Really funny com- stand-up comedians that are in that that are big and famous today. TJ Miller, Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, great cast there. It was a great show. And then number five, uh, Friends. Uh, classic. Ross is my favorite character in that show. At me. Uh, I relate to Ross most uh, easily because Ross is a little bitch most of the time. And uh, I, sh- I share that. I'm, I'm, I'm also that a lot. Um, Matt, give me your uh, 765 and then we'll go to Mitch for his 10 through 5. Yep. So got a few nostalgic ones and then one more recent one. So my number seven is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, I think a show that's, you know, given that Carlton's doing state farm ads, Will Smith's uh, still one of the biggest actors in the world, that James Avery is remembered very fondly as Uncle Phil. It's been shown that this uh, show has really stood the test of time. And, you know, I'm inclined to agree. I, th- I just think that there's a lot of really solid episodes and it kind of moves through 
Um, it's actors getting older, better than a lot of other shows, but honestly, not as good as my number six choice, um, Roseanne, a show that uh, Logan sort of gave me a look here. He uh, kind of like his um, George Lopez pick. This always seemed to be on when I couldn't get to sleep and then just eventually sort of pieced together all the, that this show had to offer. And I think it's sort of unique in that it's, you know, a pretty low income family in uh, my home state of Illinois. So I've got to, got to stand up for them. And then Roseanne turned out to be a crazy person later on. So again, we're not talking about that. Uh, and then my number five is Silicon Valley as well. I think the uh, setting a, a comedy show and kind of that ridiculous world was a genius setting. And then Mike judge is just a, a great comedic mind. Um, who who got it all together. Um, so yeah, nothing. Don't need to repeat too much of what Logan said about that one. So Mitch, what do you have numbers 10 through 5 to get you caught back up? All right. Uh, uh, 10 through 5. I have uh, at number 10, I have That 70s Show, which uh, pretty solid show, pretty solid cast. Uh, can't go wrong with um, Red saying, I'm going to stick a foot up your ass. <laughs> that all rhymed. I, I felt like I had to go for it. <laughs> uh, but at number nine, I have uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, solid comedy. Love Andy Samberg. Love Andy Samberg. Love the cast. Um, solid show. Um, at number eight, I have the Orville, which is a fairly new show. Um, Seth MacFarlane's in it. Uh, there's a couple other actors and actresses in it. Um, I can't think of their names off the top of my head, uh, right now, but, uh, it's a kind of like a spoof of Star Trek and, uh, just really funny show. Didn't think I was going to enjoy it when I first watched it, but um, turned out to be really funny and uh, pretty good show. So uh, at number seven, I have Workaholics. Uh, love those three guys. I think they're comedic geniuses in a dumb way, but uh, Adam Devine kind of has gone off and made movies and I'm sure many people have seen him in movies uh, now, but uh, that comedic trio uh, was uh, first on YouTube. And I think I saw some of their videos on YouTube and then found out they were doing a comedy central show and uh, followed, followed along with that show. Uh, as long as it was on or always when it was on TV and just a solid show. Um, at number six, I have parks and rec, which is obviously, I think you guys may have that listed higher. Um, but solid, solid cast, solid comedy. Um, it's still a show. I don't think I've seen all the way through, but I've seen a majority of it. And I'll definitely have to go back and and rewatch it. Um, and at number five, I have the league, which 
uh, is an another show that uh, not very many people have seen, but there's some there's some the cast in this show uh, has uh, kind of branched out in and done their own thing now. Um, Nick Kroll is one of the main guys on of the cast and he's now doing tons of different comedy type things. Um, but it's a show about fantasy football. And I always thought that was funny that how could you make a show about fantasy football, (laughs) but they did. And it's hilarious. Um, so that's my 10 through five, uh, Logan, what you got for your top five or five. Yeah. Your top five. Thank you for asking there, Mitch. I've uh, I've got me uh, a good top five. I think um, a few up here are ones that uh, we'll all have. My number five, as uh, noted before, was Friends. Uh, Friends, uh, I won't spend any more time on that. Talked about it last time. Number four for me is Parks and Recreation. Uh Similar to what Matt's or uh, what Mitch said, it's a r- great funny comedy. Came after The Office, uh, great spinoff. Wish we got some more spinoffs there. Love that workplace comedy. Um, I guess Brooklyn Nine Nine is a product of that as well. Um, so that uh, those shows really set the set the stage. Number three, uh, Shit's Creek. Really enjoyed me some Shit's Creek. Uh, I was a hater at first. Wasn't really big on Shit's Creek. Um, but then I really gave it a fair shot and, uh, I loved it and it was one of my favorite shows, uh, of this year. Um, so big shouts to Shits Creek. Um, number two, Drake and Josh, similar thoughts of what Matt said, the writing doesn't have to be perfect on it. Uh, but it, it's nostalgic. It's even it being on Nickelodeon still in my head, makes it one of the better sitcoms. Um, just classic, classic uh, show there. And the number one for me is The Office. Um, I've said enough things about The Office on this podcast, so Matt, I'll, I'll I'll hit it over to you for your four through one. Sounds good. So yeah, my number four is I think one of the more recent ones I watched in this list, uh, Community. I felt like it was. Um, I mean, I guess I watched it behind that but like the people that watched as it was coming out said it was really ahead of its time uh an early dan Harmon and and russo collaboration and watching it now the the paintball episodes especially i can see how those guys uh figured out how to shoot action really well um and then dan Harmon's just kind of a comedic genius um i think that just also the story like behind the show of how they had to finish it out on Yahoo back in like 2014 is just kind of ridiculous, but yeah, just some, some really good talent there. And of course, just anything Donald Glover t- will say yes to his gold. So yeah. Uh, number three is masters of none or maybe just master of none. I can't remember. Um, I was debating whether or not this would technically count as a sitcom but i saw it on some list online so i went with it uh because um aziz ansari is my favorite stand-up comedian um didn't get fully me too as much as some others so i think that's still okay to say um 
but he is i just think his like sort of observational comedy specifically about people um kind of like in our age uh demographic and just how kind of like ridiculous the stuff we pursue is and i think that the show didn't always have the best like full-on like narrative format but i think that was sort of like to its strength that it kind of would just meander and do whatever um my number is two and one probably won't surprise anyone just the order i'll put the office at number two um you know what can be said about it that that hasn't already been said um i think a lot of people have said it falls off in the later seasons and i agree but i think it's all solid i think it's all great comedy i think just they had lightning in a bottle and it's never like you're never going to create something that inspires such a, a generation of comedy like that has um and my number one is a sub is sort of them refining the formula from it with parks and rec um it is funny that we talked to my uh my big sticking point with hubie halloween was that it felt like the characters were making jokes and um you know one of the characters was not in on the joke in parks and rec when i i just think it's really smart writing in that like they have characters like jerry or like andy that you know are kind of buffoons but th- them being you know stupid or making a mistake or whatever is never the joke it's always like them as a person it's always like the mistake or something my uh my friend would always say be like parks and rec don't be like family guy when uh talking about <laughs> making jokes about people and that's always stuck with me so yeah that's my top four i guess so mitch give me the give me the rest of your list uh at number four i have uh community which you said it best matt um solid solid episodes uh i think it's some some of the best writing from dan Harmon, who obviously has gone on to do rick and morty but um solid cast donald glover uh allison brie who's gone on and and done some solid shows um like glow um who else is on there a bunch of a bunch of solid cast chevy chase uh who always seems to be kind of like the butt of most jokes or making very inappropriate jokes, uh, dumb jokes or whatever. But um, that's what I have at number four is community. Um, At number three, I have the office, which my top three was really hard uh, to come up with. Um, But because I feel like the office is one of my favorite shows, but also I enjoy the first two a lot more. Um, but you guys have already touched on everything that makes The Office uh, pretty much stand out and great as a comedy sh- show. Um, so, yeah, I'll just leave that at uh, The Office at number three. Um, at number two, I have It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a show that I'm surprised is still going on. I think it's like 15 seasons now, 15 or 16 seasons. Um, really just a ridiculous, funny, uh, you know, kind of like they pushed the boundaries early on of what they could and could not do or say on a TV show that's on cable. So I really enjoy the writing, uh, which 
Rob McElney and uh, Glenn Howerton, uh, the two stars of the show. They're the writers and producers of that show. And they started that show and Charlie Day uh, basically just started that show as like a YouTube show. And then they turned out to get a small budget to put it on TV and just turned out to be really uh, a really solid show that's been going on for a long time. Um, and at number one, I have uh, Freak, Freaks and Geeks, which I pushed this at number one because uh, I had a different show at number one, but we changed up the format right before, <laughs> which is kind of, uh, I was like, well, I do really love this show, so I'm going to put it at number one. And that's because it's only got one season. It's only a one season show, one and done. Uh, where you have a solid cast of young a young actors and actresses uh, who have gone on to do big things, but it's about you know uh, teenage teenage years of uh, what it's like to be an outcast in high school, and uh, I kind of really enjoy uh the entirety of the show and always wished there was more that i could have watched but they canceled it after one season so um highly recommend uh watching that i believe i know it was on netflix it might not be on netflix anymore but uh if you can find it watch it uh freaks and geeks is what i have at number one before we wrap up uh, I want to do this maybe every other week or so. Just kind of get an update on what what everyone's watching. There's uh, there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of content consumed. Um, not necessarily stuff that we always have to review. You know, we're we're also going back and watching old shows. If you're like me, maybe you're late to the game on some stuff. Um, personally, uh, last night I watched the South Park Pandemic special which was just all sorts of stupid, but also just hilarious. Of course, we know the South Park people just know how to make good comedy, just stupid comedy. So that was solid. Um, I'm currently in the beginning stages of starting The Haunting of Bly Manor, um, the new haunting uh, series. It's not a season two because it's not a continuation, but it's each, I think that the parent is the haunting, and then each series will be of something else this year. It's of Bly Manor. Um, we just watched the first episode last night, and it made my skin crawl. Um, watching more of it tonight. Can't wait. And I also watched... Um, I started watching this show on HBO Max. Uh, limited series, only six episodes. I know this much is true. Uh, it stars Mark Ruffalo. Uh, I haven't. I've. I, I'm about one episode in, and uh, I don't. I really don't. I don't want to say I don't know what's going on, but I get a gist of what's going on, and it's really well acted, and it's really well done. So I'm excited to. Yeah, I know it got a lot of uh, buzz for award season. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I'm watching. Uh, Matt, what are you watching? I got a few different things going. Uh, got into sort of the uh, the fall and Halloween spirit the other week. We watched uh, Sleepy Hollow. Hadn't uh, 
ever seen that. I'm a big fan of just the way Tim Burton can can stylize a lot of things, and I thought that that was sort of the perfect uh, setting and kind of movie for him to do it. So I enjoyed it a lot more than than I thought I was going to. I think it'll sort of find its way into the the yearly rotation. It kind of fits. Um, <laughs> my desire to get into the halloween spirit but i'm not a big fan of horror properties so it kind of kind of fits perfectly um for shows uh a dark that mitch was watching a couple weeks ago is uh what i'm working my way through i'm i'm really liking it the the comparison to, to stranger things but darker and more german was uh very apt <laughs> and then uh the last sort of thing is got a little indie game that's taken up the the rest of my time um it's called hades it's a little dungeon crawler um if you ever played the game bastion or transistor they're just sort of like isometric action games uh yeah it's just kind of fun i play it on my switch when i need to burn 20 minutes and then that 20 minutes turns into two hours so yeah uh, I guess play responsibly, but that's Hades on the Switch and I think the the PC as well. What you got going on, Mitch? Well, uh, to touch on what Matt said, I finished uh, Dark. And let me tell you, it is so good. So good. Worth watching the three seasons because there's only three seasons. Um, solid show. Uh, I would love to do like a spoiler talk of that eventually at some point because I could talk about that show forever. But um, what else am I watching? I'm watching – I also watched the South Park pandemic special, which was kind of, uh, you know, classic South Park. Um, yeah. <laughs> not much else to say about that. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm about to start blind haunting a blind manor. Uh, I don't know if I'll end up starting it tonight or possibly tomorrow. I'm not sure, but I've heard good things about it. Um, I have a couple of horror movies on my watch list that I was going to watch. The house is a October built. They're like about these uh, kids that go, like teenagers that go to these haunted houses. And it turns out like the haunted houses are like all like murder houses or something. <laughs> like they get, these kids get murdered or whatever. Like, a, a you know, really just like a classic. Yeah. Like a classic uh, like Halloween slasher movie, I guess. But I was recommended uh, those movies to watch around Halloween lean time um yeah i haven't uh that's about it i'm still gaming wise i downloaded rogue company it's another like battle royale game haven't played it yet but probably gonna play that uh here in a bit uh after after the podcast so i might try that out so that's all i got going on going that's all i got <laughs> Well done. I can't wait to uh, can't wait to talk about some of those shows. I'll have to put Dark on my list as well, since you both enjoyed it so much. I'll have to I'll have to give it a shot. Um, all right, fam. That was that was episode one hundred and forty two 
like we said at the top, follow us on the socials. Make sure you've left that rating and review. Check out the website. Check out Twitch. Uh, stuff coming soon on that. Check out Binging Batch. Bachelor starts tomorrow night. Episode will drop Wednesday morning. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, unless you guys got something else to add. I think you crushed it. Stay crushing it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next time on the Binge Boys. Bye-bye.